place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where the no further friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow In Sunspots Comics now Hello, all my comic book peoples! Welcome to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 205, where I'll be doing some recommending, but only lightly reviewing of the best of the new comic books that just came out this last new comic book day, Wednesday, April 24th. And it's a doozy! In this particular podcast... Uh-oh. You still there? Half of you are gone! Oh, okay. You're all back. Whew, thank goodness. <laughs> I am your friendly neighborhood host, Chris Latori. Thank you so much for joining us and choosing us here at the Sunspots Comics Podcast. Thank you for finding us. I know there's a gajillion podcasts out there, so thank you for taking the time to listen. I hope that you and the loved ones that are in your life are just happy and healthy and doing well. That's what's most important. And you yourself, of course, too. So please do us a tiny favor. Hit the subscribe button to the Sunspots Comics Podcast. Just do it! And then... (laughs) Check all of our past podcasts on our giant podcast feed. And then please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube, whatever your preference is. All in one easy to find place in one name, at Sunspots Comics. That's right, easy to find us. And I also love always to start the show with some humble thank yous. Most importantly, thank you to you. Yes, you, the listener. Thank you for filling your earbuds with the Sunspots Comics podcast. Filling your ear holes. We really appreciate it. Whether this is your first time just trying us out, or you're one of our Sunspots Comics loyalists that have been there from the beginning, whichever way it is, seriously, thank you for choosing the Sunspots Comics podcast. It really means a lot to me. And of course, thank you to my friend Nick Papa George. He's the dude that sings our Sunspots Comics theme song. Please check out his solo singing stuff on Instagram. He's at Nicholas.Dell. And his band, Solution, they're fantastic, is that in, on Instagram as well. Solution underscore band. If you love island style music, you know, reggae, but with like kind of a Hawaii flair, and you just love that when reggae is mixed with rock, then you're going to love all the sounds of my buddy Nick Papa George and his band Solution. So check them out, and thank you for doing our theme song. Thank you to Nick Papa George. Also, thank you to our sponsor, Cryptid Zoo. My buddy Julian over at Cryptid Zoo, he hand makes these awesome augmented reality t-shirts, and they're based on cryptozoology, all kinds of monster fun stuff, and Bigfoots and whatnots. So all you gotta do is take your smartphone and this HP Reveal app, and you point your smartphone at the Cryptid Zoo t-shirt, and the shirt will come to life in this crazy little video presentation. You've gotta see it, it'll just wow your friends. But when you go over to cryptidzoo.com, use the promotional code SUNSPOTSCOMICS, and you'll actually get 25% off of any Cryptid Zoo order. That's right, go and check out, and thank you, to cryptidzoo.com. Now, I've got my single knee pad and my single glove. That's all you need. So let me go ahead and make a superhero landing. See? Perfectly fine. Right into the Sunspots Comics podcast number 205. Starting out with some stuff. That's been floating around inside of my strange nerdy brain. The first nugget of nerd lodged ever so deeply in my nerdy frontal lobes is my Avengers Endgame movie trailer. Here it is. That's right. 
Here we go. Spoiler alert, of course. I'm a super spoiler-sensitive kind of person. My reviews are really more about how I feel about the movies. I break down certain aspects of things. I will um, kind of give comparisons to comic books, to the movie, etc. And what hit me most emotionally is really what I talk about when I do my movie reviews. But just in case you've been super-duper light, semi-spoiler-ish alerted. Also, I will be doing a second viewing review of Avengers Endgame on Sunspots Comics Podcast number 206, so that next week. That I'll definitely be adding more, more spoilery things into it. I might even have some, some special guests, or a special guest, but uh, I just wanted to give you that spoiler alert, just in case. Here it is. So now, we're finally here. This is the end. The end. Well, ish. <laughs> Marvel Comics never really end. Uh, Avengers Endgame is the 22nd Marvel Cinematic Universe film. I can't believe it. The first one came out May 2nd of 20, 2018, which was Iron Man 1. Can you believe it's been that long? How far we have come. The MCU is the highest grossing film franchise of all time. The running number is over $19 billion. I'm sure it's in the $30 billions now. Who knows? That's the entire franchise. That's insane. And Spider-Man Far From Home, which comes out July 2nd, will be the actual end to the MCU Phase 3. I can't believe 22 movies gets us to the end of Phase 3, and man, I can't wait to see what Phase 4 will bring. I wish I knew now. No, I don't. You know how I am about spoilers. But anyway, Phase 4 in the near future. Sometime maybe after July this year, we might get some, some tidbits. Who knows? And before I begin... Here is just a couple of random Thanos factoids. I thought you might enjoy these. Thanos' very first comic book appearance was February 1973 in issue number 55 of The Invincible Iron Man. So there's the first factoid. The second, Jim Starlin, who is the creator of Thanos. Fantastic comic book creator and artist. Uh, By the way, Jim Starlin has a cameo in Avengers Endgame. It's in the therapy session scene. So check that out. You'll see him. And... He got the Thanos name from the Greek god of death, Thanatos, or Thanatos, which I read by direct translation actually means death in Greek. So also, uh, Jim shared this in this book that I have um, from Aftershock Comics, like the the art and life of Jim Starlin. You should check it out. It's this hardcover. I shared a little piece of it on my Instagram, at Sunspots Comics. But he shared that in the early 70s, Jim Starlin used to walk past a a Greek restaurant like every day on his way to Marvel. And the name of the restaurant was Thanatos. Thanatos. And uh, he just walked past it uh, as he walked to Marvel headquarters in New York. And he thought that, what an odd name of a restaurant after he looked the name up and it was the Greek word for death. And I don't think he actually ate there. <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't eat at a Greek restaurant or any restaurant for that name that was, the, that was named Death. Yeah, for, but interesting how he came up with that. It must have just been sticking in his brain constantly. He's like, Thanotos, Thanotos, Thanos. Hey, that sounds better than Than Thanotos, 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 whatever it is. But I thought that's just very cool. So there's a couple of little fun Thanos factoids for you. And first off, I'll go with some theater experience, some of the observations. My wife and I went to see a 730 show at AMC, and it was in Theater 12, which was a little bit of a bummer because it was... Probably the smallest screen, maybe only a little larger than the screen I have in my house. Yeah, it was small. And the sound was so low. It was like they were whispering to us the entire time. (laughs) So I missed a lot of those joke runs and some of the dialogue, which was a bummer. 
Um, plus, it was extremely hot in the theater. People were fanning themselves. But also, I th- maybe thought maybe that was just my own heart rate because I, I was just just pumped and excited and anxious. And it just the movie experience just got my pulse pumping. But thankfully, uh, we are going to see a second view of it this Tuesday. And I'm seeing it in a much larger screen, <laughs> thankfully. But uh, also, other observations. Every theater was sold out in this 22-theater AMC in Puente Hills. So, very nice that every single theater was filled, sold out. So, it was bananas. The lobby was... There was traffic in it. Which I thought to myself, now with reserved seats, and this entire theater is reserved seats, why would there be people there? But there were. There were people in line for stuff. Uh, I saw a cool Thanos cup. I'm like, oh, there's a cup. And a Thanos coin. And I didn't get either one of those, sadly. I did see the Avengers popcorn tin. I'm like, okay, there's some things. And then there was even right at the at the concession stand, there was just their giant concession stand. There was a a like a shelf filled with pop toys and t-shirts and stuff. Or it was anyway, because by the time I saw it, it was pretty much empty. <laughs> and there were there were no posters, no freebies, no giveaways. Uh, that rolls me into the next part of it, which is giveaways and swag. The only freebie that I got. It was Avengers Endgame related. It was at Disneyland, surprisingly. We went early that day, Thursday, the day of the premiere. And at the entrance, they were handing out Avengers Endgame pins. And we got one, which is great. I got one. My wife got one. So that was pretty nice. It's a decent looking pin. I was, uh, was very thankful. I was like, oh, thank you. Like that person had made them themselves. I was all excited. <laughs> and next uh, category here, graphics, special effects. Of course... A plus. It's exactly what we expect from a Marvel film. It's top-notch graphics and special effects. At no point did any low-grade CGI kind of sneak its way into this mega blockbuster. And the Marvel de-aging machine they that they plug in to make people <laughs> look younger was doing its thing again. Maybe most notice- noticeable for me was when we see a very thin and extremely pale Robert Downey Jr., it's like he like was starved to death, and it looked just eerily real. I even for a second like flinched and thought, oh my gosh, is like America's uncle ill? I'm like, dear God, no. And then I went, wait, duh, it's Marvel's de-aging machine. <gasps> Sigh of relief. <laughs> so anyway, graphics, special effects, on point. Everything looks real. It's insane. Even, if, even the flying Pegasus, the flying horse, which is hard to do animals in movies, Looked spot on. They didn't show it too much, but when they did, wow, it looked real. And uh, next up, sound effects. Uh, The voice stuff, the audio. Well, I told you about the problem in our theater, but consistency is what we've just, we've learned to expect from Marvel films, and we absolutely get consistent sound effects, voice effects, audio, everything from explosions to punches to lasers to teleports. It all just has a unique just, I don't know, crunchy, realistic, crackling kind of sound to it that we've just grown and loved to expect that is Marvel Films. I even, uh, you, you just, I, I know you can just kind of feel the explosions. My, my theater was, I couldn't almost hear anything, but the explosion part of it just had bass and it just felt heavy. That's the only stuff we could really f- hear in this particular viewing. But they definitely ramped all of it up a notch. And you could just tell uh, that uh, even though I couldn't hear a lot of the jokes, they were getting a ton of, of laughs, and the gags were actually working. A lot of the laughter for me was louder than the speakers in this, in this theater. Uh, but most notab- noticeably, there was a 
whenever there was like a heavy emotional moment in this film, you could hear a pin drop. You could hear sniffles. I definitely gasped. I cried. I loudly cheered, which I, I then sort of looked around. My gosh, am I being too loud as I'm as my fist goes in the air? <laughs> I had to tone myself down, check myself. And I definitely I pumpernickled for you hockey fans. I just low low arm fist bumped a bunch of times as I watched Avengers Endgame. At least three times that I remember. So anyway, hats off to the sound effects, the voice, the audio, that aspect of it. Uh, characters. I always like to add a little aspect of when I do a movie review about you know what we saw in characters, who was there. It would just take way too long to and and feel very spoilery to list every single character in Avengers uh, Endgame. So I'll just say that. I'll just give one little nugget. The the Vision, he is dead dead and stays dead dead. <laughs> this is a bummer for me because I loved the Vision character. But uh, we will see the Vision again in the Disney Plus Scarlet Witch series, which they've actually called WandaVision. That's right. <laughs> WandaVision. <laughs> Yikes. I hope that's just a working title. But anyway, <laughs> I'm fine as long as the show is good. I don't care what it's titled. Um, they haven't confirmed yet that if WandaVision, the TV show on Disney Plus, is going to be in the past or in the future. I hope it's in the future. I hope we move the story forward, not just go back. You know, fingers crossed that they just download whatever they have of the the Vision, Jarvis, Ultron, Stark, Banner <laughs> thing that he is, uh, minus the Mind Stone, and just stick them all in a new a new bot body. That would work, right? And maybe they'll he'll have some memory issues, but. Anyway, that's all I'll go to with characters, because there's just so many to name, too many things to go through, it's too spoilery. I'll just say that, goodbye Vision, we will miss you, for now, for a while. And uh, music, soundtrack, uh, Mr. Alan Silvestri's score had 35 tracks in it, I looked it up, and it actually had a lighter tone, a more hopeful tone overall than Infinity War, and it even had a ton of, uh, of characters' themes. Like when a character would show up, again, I don't, I don't want to name the characters, but when they would show up, you would hear their theme. You know, Captain America's, you know, dun, 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 like that, just that that tone and that theme, you know, uh, all of them, without spoiling everyone, but they all gave, a, he gave a nod, he gave a hint, he gave a little essence of their music, of their theme, when that character would show up. And I also just, most notably, being the orchestration of Dread. Uh, that's that they still kind of reuse, but it wasn't used as much as Infinity War. Whenever we saw the Mad Titan, whenever he was on screen, you got that that little thing that happens when we see Thanos. But uh, Captain America uh, definitely got his. He was one that stood out constantly. Even Iron Man's little thematic theme was there, and uh, and the Avengers, of course, uh, theme was just ramped up, taken to another kind of heroic, epic level as this movie. Of course, it went along with that, especially in the epic battle scene, which I'll get into in a little while. We all know there was going to be an epic battle scene. Humor. This was a surprisingly funny, more funny movie than I expected. At times, it almost felt like it was just a bit too much. I think because the heavy scenes, the dramatic scenes, the intense scenes at times were so heavy and, and hard and dark that it just took me a little while to just laugh, to just kind of quickly you know, heal and go from sadness and pain and suffering <laughs> to laughing at Thor Bowski <laughs> and some of the butt jokes that were there. <laughs> yes, butt jokes. Anyway, <laughs> I promise you, 
you will find a way out of the dark. You will definitely find some laughs here in all the heavy that is Avengers Endgame. You will still have some nerd chuckles. And acting performances. In my opinion, the top two heaviest weighted actors in Avengers Endgame were definitely RDJ and Chris Evans. First, Robert Downey Jr., he's the winner here. He had to play so many different kind of emotions and different kind of parts of his personality and he played him so perfectly he went through a plethora of emotions from just loving to a time travel super scientist to the super snarky man that he is to even the heroic mr stark <laughs> um he just had to carry the emotional heart of, of avengers endgame he really did and a, a close second is captain america chris evans he really just stands as this beacon of hope after the snapping, especially. And, and no matter what the odds are, he's just going to continue to fight for what's right. And I love that. They, I, they just nailed the Captain America character in so many ways. So it may be my favorite character. I don't know. It'd be hard to just pick one. But uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans, your acting performances were spot on. You had to carry it. You, you had to feel it from the two of you guys. Otherwise, there would be... An emotional aspect missing in the film. Well, they they went there. They they got there. They did it. So congratulations to Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans. Thank you very much for your fantastic acting performance. Fantastic. And story. This might be just the most spoilery part again. So I'll give you another little light spoiler warning. This is where I kind of talk about the story and little aspects of it that I loved, that etc. that popped into my brain. After this extremely heart-crushing opening sequence at the Ranch de Hawkeye. <laughs> I was actually happy that the dreadful feeling of Infinity Wars kind of changed up into this after-snap life and how the Avengers and the Unsnapped are trying to deal with all the snapped. That's a lot of snaps. <laughs> For a second, I actually enjoyed this less crowded, more resources, the planet's kind of healing itself, Earth. But then, snap, I snap out of that. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody snaps um, because everyone is just sad over missing the loved ones and the earth can't even function normally with so few people We've just built our infrastructure to that point So the earth is suffering the people that are left are suffering with like, you know airports running and electricity, etc I believe eventually they would have recovered from this happening But five years in no sign of that which totally makes sense realistically, right? The people you love are gone it would take more than five years to really move on and live your life. But this was such a well-structured three-hour, three-act movie. I have to still wrap my head around some of the time travel-y things and the concepts of time travel and the multiverse possibilities there. I definitely got to see it again to iron out some of those uh, time travel-y things. But that's that's fine. It's comic books. You know, that's this is comics, folks. We have to just kind of suspend your uh, disbelief and just go with it. Suspend belief, whatever it is. I also feel some areas needed to be explored and not just explained. It's, I say it, it's like comics, you know, don't tell me, don't give me narrative, but show me. I've said that before uh, here in the podcast and the people, but especially some of Captain America's threads, some of his, his, the points and things that happened to Captain America and where Iron Man seems to get a, a, a fuller treatment to his life. Captain America's missing some stuff. You'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. And here's an extra spoiler alert. I'm going to talk about one little area here. So five, four, three, two, one. I like Professor Hulk in Avengers Endgame. Like, but I kind of missed having like a full Hulk smash rage 
moment or moments. I, I, I can't get enough of those. You, we do get a different kind of Hulk than we've ever seen on film. That's great. And maybe seeing this a second time and seeing a little bit more of Professor Hulk uh, will change my mind. We'll see. But again, I'm just to remind you, I'm saving a bunch of uh, more spoilery stuff for my second review on pod- uh, Sunspots Comics Podcast issue 206. And I'll, I'll skip a little bit downward now towards the amazing epic final showdown. We all knew there was going to be an epic showdown. I mean, if there wasn't one, we would leave the theater going, huh? They just, they shook hands, everybody walked away, there was no epic show, there had to be one, there is one, of course, so it's not too spoilery of a thing, but that epic showdown was filled with so much comic book heroism feeling, that it just, it brought tears to my eyes, it just made me so super proud, and it just overall, as I'm getting chills right now, feeling my body, I just was amazed that this is the 22nd connected Marvel comic book movie. There's cohesion there. It's like this huge Marvel comic book summer event that's filled with giant two-page splashes. There were a bunch of them and just too many superhero cameos to count. It was like that. I, I just, I want to see this movie a lot more, a bunch of more times, just for this epic battle, this epic showdown. And uh, in the end, does Thanos fly away victoriously in his yellow Thanos copter? That's only in the pages of comics, folks. Yes, you gotta look up Thanos Copter. It's a thing. But uh, anyway, you, we gotta you gotta go see it to know. But man, so many of the story aspects I loved. Very few of them that I that I go, man, eh, you could have passed there. Honestly, it was just a missing of some things. Uh, moving on to the Stanley cameo. We all knew it was gonna happen. We're all hoping for it. They've said this is the quote unquote final one. And for some reason, I could, like, feel that it was coming. Uh, there's this uh, flashbacky moment uh, that's in the 70s. My spidey sense started tingling, and <laughs> there he is. There's Stan Lee. I just love seeing 70s Stan Lee. They de-aged him. What a great cameo. They, as far as I know, they've never de-aged him in any... I'm, I could say it now. I don't remember them ever de-aging Stan in any of the Marvel films. And I love that. It was just a perfect de-aging of him with the beard and the long hair. He says something I won't spoil, and there's this tiny little Easter egg, by the way, which next category is Easter eggs, but I'll, I'll as I'm cameoing into it, or whatever, segueing into it, uh, there's this, as you look on the bumper of the car, there's a bumper sticker that says, Nuff Said. <laughs> you know, just like, yes, just a little nerd tickle right there. Oh, and the license plate, I remember, said 420. It said something, something, and then 420. Why not, right? It's the 70s. Come on, people. <laughs> but, uh, but seeing the... Again, quote-unquote, final Stan Lee cameo. It just made me miss old Stan. And uh, and it just tickled my funny bone at the same time, my nerdy funny bone. So it was a great Stan Lee cameo. We miss you, Stan. So Easter eggs. They should have actually called this Avengers Easter Game. <laughs> there were just so many Easter eggs in it. And I'll only touch on a few. I think a really cool one for me was when we got to see the original Ant-Man helmet. I just love the chrome Ant-Man head design, just like this chrome bug helmet. I love it. It always drew my attention when I was a kid. And I always wanted like an Ant-Man toy with a chrome bug helmet, ant helmet. But they were probably very hard to find or very expensive or just too hard for my mom to locate. Come on, mom! (laughs) Anyway, sorry. I love you, mom. Um, (laughs) But another Easter egg 
was we got a visit from Harley. This is the uh, kid from Iron Man 3, and that was super cool. It actually, that moment kind of inspired me to rewatch Iron Man 3, which is a lot better than Iron Man 2, is all I'll say. But it was just kind of cool to see how this sweet little kid in Iron Man 3 named Harley had all had grown up. So that was just kind of, again, another, another nod to a lot of the older films. Uh, bonus end credit scenes. I was really, really hoping, fingers crossed, for a Spider-Man Far From Home teaser. Just something leading us to that. I know Marvel, Sony, etc., whatever. You guys are more friends now. But I was really hoping for that. Just a tease. Something teasing us to, to Spider-Man. Because Spider-Man is the actual end of the MCU Phase 3. But there were no end credit scenes uh, to look at. The crowd that I was with there, that we were with in this AMC theater, noticeably grumbled at that. They were like, huh? What? what? Huh? You heard it. People just going, no, end scene? The lights came on. They're like, uh? Huh? You could just hear the confusion. I guess some of that was coming from me too. I was probably, uh? What's going on? Huh? But <laughs> what we did get was this hammer clanking sound at the very end of the credits. And this sound was from Iron Man 1 when Tony... Stark is hammering the faceplate of Mark One, and I, I know it's just got to be kind of a metaphor to say Iron Man One helped build the MC universe as we know it, when he was just a man in a cave with some junk metal, right? And that sound actually warmed my heart, and it actually got my eyes welled up right now in the theater, and <clears throat> and uh, it was just, it was just a poignant, lovely moment. Anyway, even though we didn't get end credit scenes huh. and a tie-in moments some nods to other stuff they tied a lot of moments together from various moments in the past 21 marvel cinematic universe films one that really stands out to me there's just so many but one that sticks in my brain was the ant-man and the wasp there's this gag in the ant-man and the wasp movie where ant-man is telling wasp that she that he calls captain america cap and I just love that scene. She's like, "You what? You call him Cap?" And they have that that little moment when they're driving in a miniature car. I love it. And in Avengers Endgame, Wasp tells Captain America, "We're on it, Cap," and she calls him Cap. And then she looks over at Ant-Man and just smiles. And I just love that moment. It ties it all together. There are probably a hundred of those. <laughs> oh, one more last tie-in uh, nod moment that I loved. I'll try to be a little cryptic on this because it's extra spoiler alert right here there's a lot of little back to the future 2 moments in this for me uh one of my favorite back to the future 2 moments that was also extremely hilarious is when captain america is in this elevator with the tesseract from captain america winter soldier i, I know I'm, I'm not gonna explain it all if you haven't seen it so like i said spoiler alert uh, and, and how he gets out of this predicament is so priceless and so funny. It's such a nod to the other film, to Captain America Winter Soldier. He knows the elevator is filled with Hydra agents. He knows that. And he kind of, you can see it in his face, like, is, do I fight my way out of this again? They're really pushed for time. He's got to just get out of there. So he whispers to them in this room, all these Hydra agents that... He knows they're Hydra agents, but they don't know that he knows they're Hydra agents. <laughs> and he just whispers to them says, don't worry, I got this. Hail Hydra. And just strolls out and plays it so perfectly well. And the elevator doors just close. And I was like, yes. I think I literally said yes out loud. I apologize to people near me. 
<laughs> but I was like, man, could you imagine also if they would have taken an isolated audio bit of Captain America saying Hail Hydra for the current Avengers Endgame trailer? Could you imagine how that would have blown people's minds? How people would have been thrown off by that? Like, what? Captain America is Hydra? That's also a nod to the to the current comics. So, loved all of that. Loved the nod. Loved the tie-in. Uh, just imagine how fun that would have been if that's all we saw was a flash in Captain America's face going, Hail Hydra. That would have been... That would have people's faces would have melted right off but anyway there you go missing moments so there are some big missing moments in this it was three hours long they couldn't have made this movie four and a half hours they just they should have made it three movies the avengers infinity war should have been three movies in my opinion because it's strange there were times where this movie really slowed down and then times where they just told you stuff that happened i'm not going to explain what they are but when you see the movie you know what i'm talking about you'll be telling yourself man i just want to see that you know again this is comics don't tell me, show me! But they don't show us. And I'm sure for time, they, they just they couldn't show all these moments to make this a five-hour movie and make two extra movies. Um, and I know there's at least three of those right off the top of my head that I'm thinking about that they tell you what happens and you want to see those moments. I always say, like I've said earlier about comic books, it's a visual medium. So don't tell me the narrative, but show me visually. Let's, let's live in that world where the action comes to life. But anyway... Avengers Endgame, it, it left me wanting more, of course, which is the smart thing to do when it comes to a franchise that is not going to stop making these movies. But at the same time, I did feel deeply satisfied that it was the best ending they could possibly put together for, for 22 movies. And that's nearly impossible to do. It's never been done. This is unprecedented. They're, they're swimming in new water that no one has swam in. They're, they're diving deeper than anyone. Why am I going with water? Who cares? But I think they pulled it off. Which is an impossible thing to do. Which leads me to the next part, ending. It's just, it's super hard to end anything correctly. Especially a comic book series. A comic book movie. Or anything comic book related. Like comic book TV shows. Plus, Marvel and DC, their comic books are really designed to never end. So that's, that's it's got to be very hard to end something-ish. And go away for a while. But Kevin Feige, the producer of 22 Marvel films. And the Russo brothers that did this. You just sculpted this practically perfect cohesive marvel movie franchise and you honestly just ended it better than i ever could have expected so thank you so now the overall here we go folks overall i would give avengers endgame a 4.75 i was gonna go with four and a half but i i'm feeling a little just a little emotional about it right now so 4.75 out of five sunspots it's an a it's a 95 percent it's solid I have to redo the ranking for all the Marvel movies again. Even after watching Iron Man 3, it kind of makes me want to adjust my 22 movie ranking. I'll have to post that soon on at Sunspots Comics. I will definitely see this a second time. It's already scheduled with my wife, my son, my dad on Tuesday at 1130 at AMC again. So I will be giving it another review, a second more spoilery <laughs> review on podcast uh, Sun Sunspots Comics Podcast 206. So tune into that. But Avengers Endgame is a 100% buy. This is the one where I'll have that problem with like, okay, it's coming out on iTunes early for 20 bucks. Do I wait and get a 4K hard copy in three weeks or just get it now? I think I'll be with the get it now urgency. That says a lot right there. And I definitely want to see it a third time in IMAX. They're already just filling my email with 
go see Avengers Endgame and IMAX. It's 26% more visual content. I'm like, what? I need more visual content. So the screen is actually bigger and they expand out some of these wide shots. So I got to see it in IMAX. So I will more than likely see it in IMAX a third time, maybe on an AMC $5 Tuesday. That's what I'm just thinking out loud. Anyway, if you haven't already seen it, because most of the world has, it's already made a gigawatt of money. It's going to make all of the cash that's left everywhere. Some reason it's just going to, it all just going to just be sucked in to the gauntlet that is Disney Marvel. Anyway, it's a stupendous end to this masterpiece that is the Marvel Cinematic Universe comic book film franchise. You must see it. You must see it again. You must have conversations with the ones that you love that are nerdy about it. This will resonate. It has for me. It's it's inspiring me to buy Avengers Endgame's stuff and swag. It's inspiring me to see, go back and watch some of the MCU movies. It's it's giving. It wants me to. It even inspiring me to give movies a, a second chance that I may have reviewed a little lower in, in historically, like say Black Panther, or uh, Thor: Dark World, or Iron Man 2, and just kind of revisit them again because of how there are so many ties. Uh, to the old, uh, to the other movies in Avengers Endgame. So, so please, one last time, tune in to Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 206, where I'll be giving you my second viewing, a more spoilery review of Avengers Endgame, hopefully with a guest. So please tune in next week for that. But there you go, Avengers Endgame. The next nerdy thing that's bouncing around up inside of my weird nerdy brain is Free Comic Book Day is almost here. Yes, every year... On the first Saturday in May, it's Free Comic Book Day. And it's coming up this Saturday, right uh, a few days from now, May 4th. May the 4th be with you, yes. This year, there are 51 new comic books that they're giving out for free. That's the most ever. Every year, Free Comic Book Day numbers just keep growing, which is great. So I strongly recommend you go to a local comic book shop and pick some up. And while you're there, please buy some stuff. Free Comic Book Day is not free for comic book shop owners. So please help them out and buy some comics, buy some stuff. Most of the local comic book shops embrace Free Comic Book Day with with some other stuff going on, like, like good sale prices. So grab some Avengers comics or maybe some Avengers Endgame swag, maybe an action figure or a comic book shirt. Bring the family. Visit a local comic book shop for Free Comic Book Day. That's Saturday, May 4th. I'll be doing my part at Comic Madness in Ontario and Shop Called Quest in Claremont. That's Free Comic Book Day, Saturday, this Saturday, May 4th. And some local comic book shops will have other fun stuff going on. Raffles and prizes and free giveaways and free stuff. So definitely get into a local comic book shop. But 51 free comic books, man. Anyway, free comic book day coming up May 4th, this Saturday. And the last thing floating around inside of my nerdy brain is I'm actually creating my very own comic book. It's called Zombie Destroyers. I'm so very proud of it. I can't wait to show it to you. Issue number one, we're just kind of wrapping up the pencils and the inks. They're almost done. Uh, we're working on a, a couple of variant covers for Zombie Destroyers, issue number one. So that's just a little snapshot as to where we are. I'm actually uh, created Zombie Destroyers. I'm doing the writing and the lettering. Please follow Zombie Destroyer artist. His name, his name is Jordan Hudson. He's on Instagram, at Skablad, S-K-A-B-L-A-D-D. Thank you so very much, Jordan, for your Zombie Destroyers art. It is just truly lovely and inspiring. And thank you for helping me make my dream come true of making a comic book. So anyway, to get a glimpse of what my comic book Zombie Destroyers looks like, 
just head over to sunspotscomics.com and click on Zombie Destroyers, and we've got three fantastic colored sample pages there for you to look at. So go check them out. And next is a quick mention of the interview segment of our podcast called Spotlighting. Spotlighting is where I get to share my conversations with comic book creators to you. Please check out this spotlighting interview that's on our Sunspots Comics podcast feed right now that I'm seriously, seriously proud of. It's a conversation that I have with comic book creator and writer and artist Daniel Warren Johnson. He created and wrote and did the art for two of my favorite comic books, Extremity and Murder Falcon from Image Comics. you got to read these. They have both been Sunspots Comics top picks of the week. But we talk about Daniel Warren Johnson's his like his process of making comics, Daniel Warren Johnson's like how he got into the business, the comic book business, just how he's such an awesome guitarist, just all kinds of things. We actually nerded out for almost two hours, but it, he is just definitely one of my favorite comic book creators. You should check it out. He even I even played two of his metal shredding guitar tracks on the intro and the outro. So please give it a listen. It's my Daniel Warren Johnson spotlighting interview on our feed right now. Check it out. And by the way, if you work in comic books or you're trying to break into the comic book business like me, let's have a fun chat about your comic book. Let's promote it right here on a future Sunspots Comics podcast. I do have to genuinely enjoy your comic book to help promote it, but please send me a, like a message and a review copy of your comic book so I can check it out to my email, chris at sunspotscomics.com or message me at sunspotscomics so we can set that up and help promote your comic book. So now, on to the Soul Stone, <laughs> the super-powered event, the main event. Here we go, the Sunspots Comics Part of the Sunspots Comics Podcast, where I give you my comic book recommendations. Here we go. I'm about to share with you my favorite picks of the new comic books that just came out on New Comic Book Day, Wednesday, April 24th. And just in case you're spoiler sensitive like me, here is your super duper light, semi-spoiler-ish alert. But seriously, don't worry. I really just want to inspire you to go buy these comics and enjoy them and read them fresh without spoilers. I really just do not spoil them at all. I'm just very spoiler sensitive. I never discuss the last few pages or the cliffhanger. I leave them alone, so don't worry there. And I only discuss some, just a few, of the interesting topics and points in each comic book. But just in case you've been super duper light, semi-spoiler-ish alerted. And before I get into the top comic book picks, let me announce this week's artist winner and cover artist winner of the week. Every week I pick what I believe is the best of the comic book art that just came out. You gotta put your nerdy eyeballs on these immediately. You'll be super happy that you did. It's hard to pick sometimes because this, especially this week, there was so much fantastic comic book art. But my pick for the cover artist winner and artist winner of the week was one of the same person. It's Simon Gain for Ghost Tree issue number one from IDW. Please follow him at... Simon J. Gain, G-A-N-E. And I found his fantastic art on some Godzilla comics from IDW, I remember, a few years ago. And this image comic that's called They're Not Like Us. you got to check those out. He's a fantastic artist. Let's start with this glorious cover to Ghost Tree, issue number one from IDW. It's an interesting bit of framing here. It's like this, this ghost-like figure in this long, green, dark green robe. That's just so well designed, by the way. Kind of perched in a tree or maybe kind of on the edge of a cliff with this tree. So it's got this neat framing that's off to the left. I love it. And it's just all so love. There's so many little lovely shades of green in this. And I love that. 
But the thing that strikes out, that's just striking the most, is this large black eye of this cyclopsy ghost that's just haunting. And along with its very pale white hands, by the way. Just kind of a frightening image. But then you get this lovely stark contrast because there's a background that's mostly white with this kind of lightish green hue to it. And then there's tons of detail in the leaves of grass and the dirt and the rocks and the tree behind them. And I just love those little small intricacies, like the, the stitch work on this dark green robe. It just has these little details there that just adds a little extra something. Anyway, it's beautiful. You gotta look at the cover for Ghost Tree issue number one by Simon Gane, G-A-N-E. It's fantastic. Go look at it. It's easily our cover artist winner of the week. And now on to the artist winner of the week, Simon Gain again, onto the Ghost Tree Interiors. It's just absolutely consistent with the cover. I like that. There's no changing of gears. There's no, I, I love sometimes when people have guests artists, that's great, but there's something special about having the same artist on the cover that just leads us into the same artist in the interior. That's what happened here. That's what's happening here with, with Simon Gaines' art. Simon Gaines has this unique, and I hope I'm not pronouncing his name wrong. I apologize. Maybe it's Simone Gagne. I used to know this hockey player that I followed him, Simone Gagne. But anyway, Simon Gaines <clears throat> has this unique cartooning style of art that reminds me of this beautiful cartoon art from the movie, the movie Spirited Away, the animated movie Spirited Away. It's a, a Miyazaki film. It's just got this classic kind of Japanese influences throughout it. My favorite sequence of, of art from Ghost Tree Number 1 might be this lovely warm setting in the early sequence in this forest of Japan somewhere. Maybe it's, it is modern day, but it just feels like it's cut out of time and 50 years ago. Um, that's this lovely moment between the grandfather, the OG Chan, is what he calls him, and this and his young grandson, Brant. And uh, Simon Gain just captured so perfectly this look of wonder on young Brant's face. He's probably, I don't know, 10 years old or something. And also captured beautifully this look of pride on the face of his grandfather. You know, it's just this prideful Japanese old Miyagi kind of man. <laughs> and it's also just this bright, sunny, lovely day. And it just, it gives you, it gave me this feeling of longing. I, I, I never actually had a relationship that I remember anyway with any grandfather. Um, <clears throat> uh, so they, they passed away when I was, when I was young and I, I don't really remember them, but it's just warmed my heart and, and Simon Game doesn't, doesn't rush here. He just kind of lives in that little moment. They get to spend some time together just in the forest in his beautiful Japanese, older style Japanese home. And the art style just goes a bit darker, just changes in this sequence and just kind of fills with shadows, foresty shadows as they explore this dark forest that's just near his very beautiful old-fashioned Japanese home. I love it. love the design of it. <clears throat> you want to step up and take your shoes off and go inside. I just love that. And <clears throat> it just reminds me of these old pictures, actually, that I've seen of my mom and dad. I'm getting a little choked up. Sorry. Um, with their band, The Sunspots. Yes, that's how I got the name of this for here podcast. They used to show me these pictures when they were in Okinawa back in the early 50s. They they performed for the USO there. They performed for the military. And uh, my parents were there. And it just, they visited some of the old places in Okinawa. And it reminds me of these pictures. So it takes me back there. Um, anyway, his art style reminds me also of like old Disney art. Some of it, like the prototype designs from classic characters and settings that I constantly see at like Disneyland and, and Disney art books and things that I love like that. So it reminds me of that, just kind of old timey Disney, Disney style of art. And uh, Simon Gain also has a bit of abstract in the facial structures so that he gives off this, 
It does give off a kind of a lovely animated feel, but the edges at the same time look very hand-drawn and not cartoony. They're, they're not perfectly straight lines. There's a little hand-drawnness to it. And even the stern face of the grandmother is a home run as far as what you'd expect from an older Japanese woman. <laughs> and when she smiles, it's just adorable because it's subtle and it's heartwarming. Uh, I just love seeing old grandmother, Japanese grandmother, and her stern face, but yet then cracks a smile. I just love it. Anyway, that, that is why Simon Gain for Ghost Tree, issue number one from IDW. You are our cover artist and artist winner of the week. Thank you so much. Go get Ghost Tree and just look at it. It's beautiful. And the breakdown. I actually had a pull list this week of 17 comic books. And only three of them made it to the Great Ones recommendation list. That's right. It's got to be great to make it to the Sunspots Comics top pick list. So here you go. And also, new number ones. I actually had three new number ones this week. And only one of them made it to the Sunspots Comics top pick list. That's right. For me, it's got to be a four, maybe four and a quarter star and above to make this list that I'm recommending to you right now. And definitely get the new number one I'm going to be mentioning here very shortly so you can be in on all the fun from the very beginning and not miss a thing. So here we go. Here are my comic book recommendations. This is my list of what I consider to be the best of the new comic books that just came out, new comic book day, April 24th. I strongly recommend you go and buy these. You support your local comic book shop today. And especially this Saturday, coming up, May 4th, for a free comic book day. And what local comic book shop do you go to? Nice! I've been there. Um, <laughs> I support Comic Madness in Ontario, California. Hello to the owner, Lee, and to the manager, Jeremy. By the way, Jeremy is actually working on a variant cover of my comic book, Zombie Destroyers, issue number one. I can't wait to see it, Jeremy. Please give him, him a follow. He's a fantastic artist. He is uh, Jeremy, at... Skeleton King 82 Skeleton King 82 on Instagram and please support your local comic book shops today support them help them out they need the help so now here we go there are three great comic books this week that I'm about to recommend to you so here we go grab a pencil get ready coming in at number three is Amber Blake issue number two this is from IDW Comics this is written by Jade Lagardier I apologize, Jade, if I messed that up. And art by Butch Guise, or Goose. Again, I'm very sorry if I messed your name up there. But man, um, Amber Blake issue number one, by the way, was a top pick of the week when it debuted. Debuted. So get this. You're only on issue number two. I absolutely love this cover. It's got this bright orange background and this insane looking maze behind Amber Blake, who's standing there with guns a-blazing, pointing in both directions. She, by the way, looks very much like Gal Gadot right here. And that's totally fine. <laughs> but this picks up right where issue number one of Amber Blake left off. Amber Blake is having trust issues, obviously. She had this crazy beginning, you have to read in issue number one. She's getting used to her new life. She's getting used to trusting people. She's working with an organization that stops evildoers. Um, she's working with super smart, super strong, uh, people with expert fighting skills, and she just wants to get up to their level. And they have also the, the best of the high-tech gadgetry. I said this in issue number one when I gave my review. It feels like a unique and more modern telling of James Bond, and I love that. Amber Blake doesn't get a free pass as she's trying to reach the level of all these awesome people that she's trying to work with. She's failing. She's having difficulties. A lot of them... 
But I love that she's kind of learning from them. She's She is in like this organization that has a great support system in place. So they help her learn from her failures. I love that. That's very interesting and unique. They do take a little time to kind of show you, hopefully, because she's been burned a couple of times by other schools and organizations, that this one is good. This one puts away the evildoers in the world and has uh, billions of dollars for some reason. How they get their money, we don't know yet. But I hope it's on the up and up. Anyway. And all the while this is going on, she's just plotting and planning a way to have her revenge on the evil guy, Jeff Cabots, who was this headmaster in the school that she attended previously for gifted students. And this guy is vile. He was raping and killing uh, female students. And so they built a great bad guy here. I'm absolutely rooting for Amber Blake and her new love interest, Matt, by the way. So that's an interesting little thread there as well. Uh, to find this guy, Jeff. An evil villain named Jeff. I love that. And uh, and I hope they just endgame him, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but Amber Blake's got action. It's got espionage. It's just a, it's a super awesome young woman. There's a coming-of-age story in it. There's love in there, and there's revenge in there. And uh, the action, by the way, is just done so extremely well in this. Just great just angles and action and camera positioning to make the action look fun and exciting. So get Amber Blake now. It's only on issue number two. So go get number one and read number two. It's just action-packed and fun. Amber Blake. And coming in at number two is Star Wars Vader Dark Visions, issue number three. And this is from writer Dennis Hopeless Hallam. And art by two people, which I didn't even know it was two. They just seamlessly blended together. David Lopez and Javi Pena. And, uh, man, they they have very similar art styles. Because I did not at any time go, whoa, change of gears, new artist. It's not good when that happens. These are only 20 pages, so uh, they should at least look alike. And it just have consistency. It does here for Star Wars Vader Dark Visions, issue number three. What an amazingly detailed cover. Beautiful cover art by Greg Smallwood. He's one of my favorite artists of all time. It's just Vader there and this woman kind of uh, pressed up against him, looking up longingly, and Vader's having nothing. Of course, you can't see. His face doesn't smile or crack, but it's a lovely dark black background and just a hue of red there. It's just Greg Smallwood uh, in his prime, folks. Go look at his art. Find it. Buy it. But uh, each issue in this five-issue miniseries that is Star Wars Dark, uh, Star Wars Vader Dark Visions, uh, they are standalones. They're one-shots, so you can get any copy of these at any time in any order. It doesn't matter, and you will be thoroughly entertained. Their ultimate goal, I think, is to make Darth Vader just more of a badass, and we get to see him in all of his badassedness, and uh, I'm loving it. So it doesn't matter which one you read or what order. Just get Darth Vader. Star Wars, Vader, Dark Visions. It's wonderful. And uh, I'm loving this series. Anyway, number one was a top pick of the week when it came out. So you got to check that out. And honestly, this episode, this issue of Star Wars, Vader, Dark Visions, issue number three, might be the most messed up Star Wars comic book I've ever read. Ever. And it's even more risky than Star Wars comic books have ever been, uh, and more risky than any comic book uh, from Star Wars I've ever read, it might even be considered offensive to some. I'll give you a warning there, um, because of just sort of how they portray this young woman. But I gotta tip my hat to writer Dennis Hallam, Dennis Hopeless Hallam. He went to a controversial place. He, We don't normally see 
Star Wars comics go here, and he went there. This is definitely a story of unhealthy obsession. That's the theme of this. this. The story centers around this young woman who is an Imperial nurse, and she's obsessed and has fallen in love with the Dark Lord Vader. Yeah, she fell in love with him. <laughs> and she just misconstrues these small encounters that she has with Vader. She has this fantasy going. She's built him up in her mind to be this romantic kind of false idol. Uh, we've all been there, right, folks? We were all young at one point and had unhealthy crushes, right? So we can all relate to this in some way. And I love that, though, this character, she is hopeful. She's a hopeful romantic. You can feel that. It's just the very essence of her, and I like that. They wrote her in a way that you feel that that romanticness in her. She just longs for that kind of love in her life. And that's that's so many of us, right? Of course. So we can relate. But also... She's just, she's lonely and she's sad and they, and they portray that perfectly. She just has no one to connect to on this frigid metal space moon that she lives and works on. And, uh, but she's sweet and at least until she takes it too far. <laughs> True colors are shown here, folks, in a gruesome of way from different people. The end of this Star Wars Vader Dark Visions issue number three made me gasp and like laugh out loud <laughs> and just go man that's messed up i think i said it out loud um and all i'll say is it surprised me here at the end and made me a bit angry as to what happens here and it, it, it evoked emotion um so get it for just that alone that you're like wow this isn't a very this isn't a typical star wars comic at all this goes to a different place controversial um, edgy and different and it'll make you upset maybe it'll it'll definitely evoke some emotion here from you it's a great uh, conversational piece and the star wars comics aren't very much often like that to have a lot of heavy conversation but anyway it goes where no star wars comic has gone before <laughs> it will churn up all kinds of feelings it did for me anyway so definitely get star wars vader dark visions issue number three it's it's a uh, it's it'll keep you thinking it'll resonate in you for a while but here we go now! On to the number one top comic book pick of the week, the Jedi Master, the King, the Supreme Leader. The number one top comic book pick of the week is Ghost Tree, issue number one. And this is from the fantastic team of writer of Ghost Tree is Bobby Kernow, and the art by Simon Gain. And that's, of course, this is our uh, triple threat here, triple winner. It's our cover artist winner of the week, our artist winner of the week. And it's not often that a comic book will win all three. So definitely pick this up. And it's that triple crown, folks, that won all three. But this was a very pleasant surprise for me this week. And it was a very solid week of comics. I absolutely adore the style of Simon Gain. And I love the earthy green and brown color palette that's done, coloring, by the way, by Ian Herring and Becca Kinsey. Just beautiful, just earthy, brown. And I love the kind old OG Chan grandfather in Ghost Tree. It just made me think of Mr. Miyagi in Karate Kid 2 when he goes back to uh, Okinawa, Japan. And <laughs> it also, like I said, has this, this vibe and feel of Spirited Away, one of my favorite movies it's a classic uh, miyazaki animated film if, if you like either of those two things you're gonna love ghost tree get it for sure but i love the single-eyed design of the tree kami i think they call it kami 
and the green hooded ghost that we see in the cover and also in the in the interiors of Ghost Tree. Just the design of it, fantastic. Cyclopsy, single eye thing for ghosts. Uh, the OG Chan, Chan makes his his grandson Brant makes him promise to return to this old tree in the forest that's near his lovely home ten years after his death. He tells this to he tell, it's like a ten year old kid. That's a lot to put in a ten year old kid. Look, after I die, come back to this tree. You know, like <laughs> he also tells him to be like mindful of his youth. I like that. Promise me that you will enjoy and not take for granted. Be mindful of your youth because you'll look back upon it as the, your best of days. It's just this warm, lovely conversation. Hats off to the writing to Bobby Kernow. Lovely stuff. But a lot to put on a 10-year-old kid. Remember it and come back here to Japan. And he moves to the United States. But he, but he, he learns that... This tree that he returns to after living in the United States and returning to Japan to, to fulfill his father's, his grandfather's wish is like the Grand Central Station for lost ghosts and spirits, including his grandfather, because <laughs> he already told him, come here 10 years after I die. But um, that's interesting in that they're drawn to this old tree for some reason in this forest right near his house. Like a strange Twilight Zone moment. But anyway, strangely, maybe my favorite sequence in Ghost Tree might be an odd one, but I love when Brant, who's like now an adult in this sequence, he travels from the U.S. to Japan. And while he's traveling, it's kind of my favorite sequence. He has this face that's just full of like longing and that he's really kind of tied up in his thoughts. It's drawn so lovely that you can tell he's going through some, some stuff. And it's these small little moments, like there's this angry man that's sitting next to him on the airplane that they don't speak, but they have like this awkward look to each other. It's so very captures like traveling. <laughs> there's all these weird little awkwardnesses, right, that happen with complete strangers when you're like traveling on a plane or long distances. But I just, I don't know, I just love that. There was, it was wordless and you just got to kind of see it through his eyes. And when he sadly looks out the airplane window in like deep thought, it's just so lovingly drawn by Simon Gain. That it just captures this this internal turmoil that that the character Brand is going through, and and they later too they don't leave it hanging. They do hint at what is going on in his mind, but it just captured it so well. It's lovely and it's just it's it's wordless, and it's just all about the emotion and how he sees, uh, how he portrays these this turmoil going on in his head. It's a lovely piece of drawing. If you love a just complex Japanese kind of family drama that mixes in fantasy and ghosts that's told in like this its setting is this this lovely old Japanese forest and this lovely old Japanese home with these love older Japanese people you're gonna love ghost tree it's just it just looks just like set so perfectly in that world anyway oh but they really leave us hanging here at the end by the way huge cliffhanger and, but in a great way, because you just want more of it. I was just like, man, I wish I could read issue number two right now. That says a lot when I'm reading a comic. Because some of them you go, that's fine. If I don't see it in a month, that's okay. No, this, I'm like, oh, I want to read this right now. I want to keep this going, this vibe and this feel. Like I said, of Spirited Away and, and Karate Kid 2 and Mr. Miyagi, etc. But anyway, uh, and my parents in Okinawa uh, in, in the 50s with their band, The Sunspots. But anyway... Um, I'm definitely going to get issue number two of Ghost Tree. I highly recommend you get issue number one uh, so we can see what happens to the man who can see dead people. Hopefully, nice dead people. <laughs>
Hopefully very nice, but probably not, right? It's going to go crazy. But anyway, Ghost Tree is our number one top pick of the week. Go get it. It's fantastic, and it's beautifully drawn. Love it, love it, love it. So there you go. Those are my new comic book recommendations this week for New Comic Book Day, April 24th. Let me lock the comic book vault door. There you go. Please go to a local comic book shop and buy these comic books immediately. If you have any questions, you have a comment, or maybe you'd want your own personal comic book recommendation, just email me at chris at sunspotscomics.com. And to see the Sunspots Comics universe encapsulated into one place with all my favorite picks of the week since May of 2015, just go check out sunspotscomics.com and click on the pull list you'll see i just updated i'm reading 90 comic book titles currently and if you click on top comic book picks of the week you'll see every past top comic book pick i've ever had and i update my website every single week it's all right there for you so many great comic books just go check out sunspotscomics.com also thank you to our sponsor pop up tea Check out their huge selection of nerdy fun t-shirts at popuptea.com. They have a t-shirt of every nerdy fun thing you could ever think of, and then some. It's crazy. Most importantly, use the promotional code SUNSPOTSCOMICS, and you'll get 25% off of any pop-up t-shirt order. That's right, even the clearance stuff. So please, thank you, and go check out popuptea.com. And please, tune in next week for issue number 206 of the SUNSPOTS COMICS podcast, where I will have... 15 new comic books on my pull list to read for New Comic Book Day May 1st. And 8 of those 15 are new number 1s. That's got to be a record. That's a lot of new number 1s. That's crazy. But uh, hopefully they're all great. And so I'll be telling telling you about them next week. And here, by the way, is just a, just a few new comic books that I'm really excited to read next week. And the first one is Deceased, issue number 1. Yes, DC Comics is jumping into the zombie realm. They're doing a Marvel Zombies kind of thing. And I hope they add a twist and I, I love living in the world of zombies like my own comic book zombie destroyer so i'm really looking forward to that it's like superman and zombies what's gonna happen it's gonna be fun i think i hope fingers crossed uh five years issue number one this is from terry moore and abstract comics it's his continuation of the strangers in paradise i can't wait to read five years apparently that's uh, how long the earth has and, unless they can fix it and it's the it's the Terry Moore verse all brought together, all of his characters from Strangers in Paradise and other stuff that he's bringing all together. So can't wait to read five years, issue number one. And the last one, uh, Hillbilly, Red-Eyed Witchery from Beyond, issue number four. I do believe it's the final of this arc anyway, but I love Eric Powell. He's one of my favorite comic book creators. So Hillbilly, issue, num- issue number four is coming out next week. I can't wait. And there's... That's only three. I've got 12 others that I'm reading. But don't forget, our Sunspots Comics pledge is I will read a whole bunch of brand new comic books that are just coming out on New Comic Book Day. But I'm only going to be recommending to you the greatest of them so you can save some time and save some money. That's what we do here at Sunspots Comics. And please help us out. Tell a nerdy loved one about the Sunspots Comics podcast. And please, if you have the time, give us a five-star review with just a few positive words on iTunes. It really helps us right here. And if you do so, then take the time to help us out. I will actually give you a shout-out on a future podcast, and I will mail you a comic book prize package as just a small token of my appreciation. And by the way, there are links to everything I've discussed on the podcast and on the podcast notes, so make sure you check out and click on some of those links there. It's on the podcast notes. Uh, But in closing, thank you so much for listening. I hope you read those three comics. I hope you go to Free Comic Book Day. I hope you go see Avengers Endgame, all that stuff. I hope you captured a little bit of that positivity that I'm sending your way. 
and uh, and do your part and help support local comic book shops. But thank you for listening. Thank you for finding us here at the Sunspots Comics Podcast. And like our good friend Stan, good old Stan used to say, hang loose, heroes. See you next week. To be continued.